we're going to share a bit about our trip to Kira Farm. And then Janet and Kay, who I've lost sight, there they are, I see you. Uh, they're going to come and share uh, updates from NotDeck, which is, um, they will explain more if you don't know what NotDeck is, but it's the orphanage that they support out in Western Uganda. So we do have the Ugandan flag. Um, a Uganda morning, so please bear with us. Um, I can talk for England on this, so I'm going to try and keep it short and sweet, but uh, I went out to Kira, as you know, in November. I took Lyndon with me, and Poppy Pears, who some of you may know as a teenager who grew up in this church, but now her mum's a vicar in a neighbouring parish, and she uh, is there instead. And um, it's really interesting. I've been trying to think of things that are new to tell you because for those of you who have been in Oasis a while, you've probably heard it all at least once before, if not more. But um, it was an interesting trip for me this year. It was my fifth time of going. Um, every year I say, it's probably the last time I go. And then every year, God makes me go again. It doesn't make me go again. I go very, very willingly. I'm like, pick me, pick me. But he always provides the way for me to go, which to me, uh, in where my situation is, it's confirmation that he wants me to go. Because I'm a great believer in that God calls us to be obedient, and what he calls us to do, he provides for. And if he doesn't provide for, then it's probably not what he wants us to do. So that's my, uh, my way forward. And so every year he has provided the way for me to go, and every year has been a great joy and a blessing. Um, I started off in 2017, and I went as somebody on looking, and I'm, my experiences perhaps will be a bit like Lyndon's will be when she shares with you. Um, but I've, over the years, somehow become leadership. I've somehow become involved in organizing and uh, assisting on this course and teaching, and I absolutely love it. I, um, I'm just filled with joy doing it. Um, this year was slightly interesting. Within 24 hours, I'm sure most of you know, I had an accident on a staircase, which was an open stairs. It's a beautiful staircase, but it's uneven. And I managed to damage my leg quite badly. It was very deep. It went every color under the sun. It got infected. It was, you know, but the Lord is gracious. And he, um, it didn't stop me from joining in. It might have stopped me doing vigorous dancing, uh, running around, but it actually didn't stop me joining in with any of the teaching and the learning. And last, do you think you can run the slide with all the pictures? I've got a number of pictures that I took during that. I'm not in very many of them because I took most of them. Um, just of, um, we had a few technical difficulties this morning, but they're coming. Just of our week as the week progressed. Um, so do feel free to enjoy them as we chat. The course is very interactive. It's lots of fun. And it's an, a self-worth empowerment course to help the girls really understand who they are in Christ before they go back to their uh, villages, which are in rural communities around Uganda. And so then they're kind of on their own. And so it's to kind of bed down who they are. So they have a real confidence in themselves as they go back knowing that God is with them and they can do all things um, through him who gives them strength. So he says that in the Bible and that's what the aim is to do. So uh, there's lots and lots of things you'll see. Um, it is amazing to see how God moves even in the week. You know, we start off there 
tentative towards us, they're not sure of us because they've not met us before, and then by the end of the week, we are um, uh, in a place where we're much more close-knit, and the girls' smiles are a bit brighter, and they're standing up a bit taller, and they're kind of really engaging in the, um, the material that is taught. And they are just the most loving, gentle, kind women that you'll meet. They've all come from uh, vulnerable backgrounds, um, but they take what they have, and they've learnt lots over the year, and they're ready to go back and to make a real difference in their communities. Um, yeah, there's some silly photos in there as well. We have a time of ministry during the week where they're given the chance to lay down some of the things that have hurt them in the past, and that's a real turning point, actually, in the week. So um, it's, the course is called Inspire, and it was written for these women, but it's kind of transposable anywhere in the world. I'm hoping to run it next Lent season, so watch this space. If you're interested, come and talk to me. Uh, it's very interactive, lots of things. So one of the things we make, I don't know if you can see this, it's a salvation bracelet. So each colored bead means something. They all make one to go home. It's a visual aid for teaching the gospel. Um, it's also something fun to wear. Um, this is a necklace we make out of sea glass because sea glass is, um, well, it starts off sharp and as the sea kind of rolls over it and it rubs against the rocks and the sand, it becomes smooth and polished and looks lovely. So there are a couple of visual things that they get to take with them. They make candle holders. Um, yeah, it's good fun. And I think this year it's been a slightly different experience because for me it's been more leadership, organising, not so full-on engaged with the girls. But I'm now going to invite Lyndon to come up and share her experience because she was a group leader, and it's her first time. And I think it will be quite different to mine. So are you happy just to take the floor? Okay. Okay. Can you hear me all right? Hold it up to now. Right? Yes. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Um, thank you for inviting me to share. I can talk for England, because <laughs> I am as well. But I'll try to keep it a reasonable length. I loved it. I love going to Kira Farm. I went to Kira Farm because I could, and I, well, a couple of times I've talked to Caroline, and then I came here and I saw all the pictures, and I thought, I can go to Kira Farm this year. Um, I'm going to tell you one or two funny stories. And um, I had a teaching business for 14 years, so something I can do, I think, I thought, was teach. So I thought, oh, I can do that in a teaching course. I can help with the teaching. So what actually happened, I said to Caroline before I went, will there be, with my apologies to the Time Out group, who I told this story to yesterday, and I said to Caroline, will there be any craft? Because I was told when I was 13 I couldn't do art, and I have a blank on craft completely, any kind of craft. Caroline said you might need to cut out a sunflower. So there we are on the Monday, day one of the course, so I cut out two sunflowers. And then, so then on the Tuesday, there was a, a lot of craft. Now with these girls and my, my group, I had a group of five and I had a young girl called Meg who was much better at me doing craft than I was on the group. And my girls were called Rita, Julian, Irene, Timali and Nicole. I had so much love from them. So with my craft, here am I, think I can do teaching. I'm sitting on the corner, so there's the, of a small group. 
So there's, um, I'm sitting on the corner, which was foolish to begin with, so I could just hear these girls who are very softly spoken. And Tuesday was a lot of craft. And then on Tuesday morning at about 11 o'clock, the, the birds were brought out. Kay will remember my story about birds anyway. So there's all these birds, all these material arrives on the tables. Uh, cut out the body, cut out the wings, and then, then you just put the eyes on. <laughs> just sew the eyes through. And I'm sitting on the corner, and I just thought, I can't do it. I can't, I can't do it, because I can't do craft. And this just built up in me. And the, you know, the team said, like Caroline said, you don't need to do the craft, the girls do the craft. And I'm outside at lunchtime, not creating a scene, but just, I'm crying because I can't do craft. And I thought I could teach, you know, but this is craft and this is the girls. Anyway, I got over that and at two o'clock I thought, just Lyndon, get back in, get in the middle of the group and just get on with it. <laughs> and it was fabulous. And the main thing I remember is the love of those girls. I was, my name, as you know, is Lyndon, which is difficult for Ugandan people. So I was then known as Jaja, which is Ugandan for grandma, J-A-J-A, Jaja, had the name on. I love being Jaja. And those girls, the love I had, because older people are respected, um, very much. So they would, we love you, Jaja, we love you, Jaja, we want you to stay in Uganda. And the fact I couldn't do craft, nobody noticed, actually. And, and I was abs absolutely fine. So, yeah, it was the love of those girls. Caroline's asked me to mention, during my time out there, I actually, I had a very difficult marriage. My first marriage was extremely difficult, so I shared a lot of detail of that with these girls, which Caroline's just told me today was actually helpful because often they will go back to their villages and marry the first man who asks them that sort of right, is it, Caroline? Yes. So actually, me sharing my experience was quite helpful to them, so, so that was really good. And... Um, yeah, I absolutely loved it. Caroline looked after me. It was a, a great group. I'll just share a, a funny story about my age, actually, because everybody was 50 or under, and a lot of people were very, very young there. So when I was first introduced to the group, you have to come out like this. And somebody introduced me and said, now, this is Jaja, so this is the grandma. You can see from her gray hair that she's a bit older than the rest of us. So that was the first funny thing. And then when we were doing the teaching, lovely lady on the team, really lovely lady, she said, oh, Jaja, can I just call you out to the front and we'll have a little, you know, and, and I just want to use you in an example. So, so she brought me out the front like this, and she said, so, let me introduce you to Jaja. She said, as you can see, her looks, her looks are fading. <laughs> her looks are fading, but she's the grandma. And I, I went to my hairdresser last week. I said, now about this grey hair, <laughs> shall I go back to blondes? But we, we had so much fun. And, you know, I'm actually going to do some, fun, some fundraising. You can either a fundraiser for a child or for, um, for a trainee. And uh, it was fabulous. So thank you, Caroline, for inviting me.
Thank you, Lyndon. It is amazing how God uses our past experiences for his good. Um, and even as much as and, you know, he, he goes before us and he comes behind us, one of our girls, Poppy, in fact, uh, is about to start a nursing degree in Bournemouth University. And one of our girls on the team who's just graduated from Bournemouth University as a nurse. And they'd never met each other. And the penny only dropped really days before we went that this was a thing. And it was really lovely because they spent time together. They were able to chat things through. And it's just amazing how these little things come into play. And you think, oh, you know, God, you're really in this. And um, there's just... Yeah, he doesn't waste anything. So experience we've had in the past may come up. We talk to the girls about it. You know, we pray with them. And it's a real privilege and a real joy. And so from myself personally, Oasis has been so supportive of me over the years doing this. You know, from Liz and her garden parties and to your kind sponsorship, it has meant I've been able to go. So I am truly grateful. Thank you. And... Um, I don't know if I, I want to go back. Obviously, I always want to go back. I don't know when that will be, but watch this space if I do. Um, I think that's probably enough. If you want to know anything more about our trip, do come and talk to us. Um, but I'm going to pause there because it's time for Janet and Kay to come up and share a bit more about not deck. So welcome and come up. Janet's the one looking professional because she's got the head thing on. So I'll probably drop all my papers and everything and get it wrong. But there you go. Uh, so um, Janet and I are both trustees of NotDeck, and probably quite a few of you know about it. But we're going to go briefly through what it actually is. Um, and uh, Janet, I can't remember. She's been out a million times to NotDeck, and I've been out nine, I think. Um, again like Caroline says, you get the bug. I went out, I'm, I'm, off, I'm off piste already now, sorry. I went out a few, well, quite a few years ago, because I said to Janet, foolishly, um, oh yeah, I'll come and meet Julia, who I've sponsored for years. Um, and Janet held me to that. And um, I went out very nervously because I am not uh, an intrepid explorer at all. I like to know that there's a good hospital down the road and everything's safe. And I went to Uganda. And um, yeah, you just get bitten by the bug. It's the most amazing country. And the children and the young adults are fabulous. Anyway, I'll come back to the script now. So uh, NotDeck is a charity, and we support vulnerable children. It stands for Nizarambi Orphans Talent Development Center. And it was started by a lady called Dorothy Nizarambi. There she is. Um, that's quite a few years ago. And um, about 30 years ago, she realized that God's call on her life was to look after motherless babies and abandoned children. So NotDeck is in Uganda, as we said, and um, it is um, a landlocked, Uganda is a landlocked country in Eastern Africa. NotDeck is lo located close to the border with um, the DRC, as you can see on the map. Um, so, yeah, so we have um, about a nine-hour journey once we land um, in Entebbe because we have to go up and round and back down. 
Over to you. Over to me. Am I, am I listening? Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, uh, why do children come to Notdeck, you might say? Well, Notdeck is situated in a very poor, rural, mountainous area. There's a, there's a, a, um, a range of mountains that is dividing Uganda from the Congo just there. And Notdeck is like sort of at the bottom of the mountain. So um, many of the people live up in the mountains. And the death of a mother in childbirth is not uncommon. And if the mother has died, then the family are desperate. They've lost the breast milk. They haven't got any way of feeding the baby. Um, and they're very mountainous. They're very poor. There's not even any cow's milk, not that you would give cow's milk to a baby. And formula milk is available, but it's way, way beyond their means. And it's about, well, depending on where they live, hours away anyway. So sadly, they dispose of the babies one way or the other. We have rescued babies from pit latrines. We've rescued a baby. Uh, the twins are doing really well. They were both dropped down a pit latrine, different pit latrines. Um, we've rescued a, a baby that was going to be smothered by his father. Um, and if, the, if, you if a, a mother breastfeeds another mother's, a dead mother's baby, it's meant to bring bad luck, so not even that can happen. So now, if they've heard of Notdeck, they travel for miles and miles. Um, some of them from a different district, speaking a different language, trekking down the mountains. They bury the mother first. Uh, sometimes the babies are three, four days old, having not been fed. Um, they come via the probation officer, and they um, come to Notdeck. We obviously feed them with formula milk. Um, okay. She's nicked my lines. Oh, sorry. <laughs> there you are. There's a, we've been out that many times. We should have just gone ad hoc as well. Yes, really, I know. We? Yeah, so uh, you see on the slide. So Stephen there, sadly, he was just um, dumped on a rubbish dump as a baby. But thankfully, we found him. Um, he was a cheeky little child, but he's grown up into such a lovely boy, and he loves uh, dancing. Yeah. Um, and little Colin and Morgan, they arrived, as you can see, in April 2023. They were sadly left in a, they call it a restaurant. It was probably a little cafe. The father came in, ordered some food, um, gave them the food in front of them, and then left. Um, we've no idea where he came from because they don't speak the local language, so we know he's from further afield. We assume he probably had heard of Notdeck, and he's obviously on very hard times, or something's gone on with the family, maybe a stepmother that doesn't like the children, sadly. And so um, he probably brought them local to us, knowing that they would be looked after. And they are absolutely gorgeous. So they're now with us at Notdeck. Yeah. So there are two aspects of Notdeck's work. So the first is... Uh, to look after approximately 50 children who are living on site. And I'll just show you quickly what um, the Notdeck site looks like. Has, it has 30 bungalows with a chapel, staff accommodation, um, a nursery school, and there's obviously outside toilets, an office block, and staff accommodation. And it's the house mothers who are the bedrock of um, looking after these little ones. They work tirelessly, uh, preparing the food, washing the clothes, um, cooking the food. That's fish, for they have meat 
Um, fish once a week and meat once a week, beef once a week. That's much, much more protein than anybody outside Notdeck is eating. Um, there were 30, yeah, that's the cooking. Um, they wash the children. Uh, they work very hard day and night, and some of these children um, do have problems. Some of them have um, mental problems as well, because they were, which have come from birth. Um, often they're way up in the mountains, they're struggling to save the mother who's in difficulty. The baby's been born, but they have they forget about the baby. Um, and then, you know, anoxia sets in and brain damage sets in. So we have four or five or even six children who are um, brain damaged one way or the other. Uh, there's 32 members of staff. That's the staff block, led by the director who's only been there since July. She used to work for Ch Save the Children. She's called Editor, Asaba Editor. And Anna, the accountant, who's very good, very switched on, very competent, very capable. Um, I phone her every week to discover what's happening and ask lots of questions, and she asks me lots of questions. Um, there's morning devotions that happens in the chapel. It's not usually quite as upmarket as that. Um, if you look in the corner, you can see there's a goat being uh, sold as, um, to raise money for Not Deck. Uh, it was a, a congregation member of the congregation from outside who brought it. But there are morning devotions every morning, and there are Sunday services, and we do have a chaplain. Um, and uh, about eight, about, go on, you. Just nicking my lines again. <laughs> <laughs> so um, about eight years ago, the Ugandan government, in their wisdom, decided that all the children um, should go home to their family. Um, they weren't going to support them, and they weren't going to give us any money to help us get them home, but they had to go home. And uh, they do come and check on us, so we have to do it. So they're usually between about the age of four and five, so they're with us for the first four years, four to five, so that we make sure excuse me, that they're, um, they're well cared for and obviously they go home fit and healthy, well fed. Um, but this takes a lot of man hours or woman hours um, because obviously some of them are just dumped. Um, some will come and you do get unusual tales of how the child has got there. They may come with someone that says, oh, I'm not related, but actually a bit later on you discover it is the uncle or the father or, um, you know, a relative. But so our social workers work really hard to find out um, where the children actually come from. And then we try and find the most suitable uh, family member that the children can go back to. Um, as you can see, we've got some children here. The best carers we've discovered are the maternal grandmothers because they've lost their daughter. And so they absolutely adore the child. Mm. Um, but we have to, in their culture, go to the father's family first because he basically owns the children. Uh, but sometimes they've already moved on, got a new wife, and they don't want the child. So, you know, sometimes it benefits. But it's a really tricky job because we have to make sure they're safe. And then the... Um, Social workers will go and visit that child regularly at school 
and at home to make sure they're being well looked after. Sadly, sometimes if there's a stepmother, they're not. And we have had to bring a couple back, and we've just brought one of uh, a little one called Good Luck, and he's not having much luck at the moment, bless him. He's come back to Not Deck because he was being ill-treated by the stepmother. Um, so there are about 150... 15 not deck sponsored children who are now back in the community. Um, as you can see, this is how our... Oh, it's gone. But the um, social workers, the two males, go out on motorbikes. Some of it is quite mountainous. And so that's the best way for them to get there and they can get there quickly. We also have a pickup, which we have to use for... We have a female social worker and she will do more local things. It's used for a lot of other jobs, but she goes out in that because... Um, she, she can't ride a motorbike. Um, so um, also, we uh, pay all the school fees for these children. So that comes from the sponsorship. Um, and it goes direct to the school so that the children do go there because the families are so poor that the temptation would be to take the money for food or for something else. So um, we pay all the school fees directly to the schools and your sponsorship, uh, for those of you that sponsor, knows that it also goes to their scholastics and their school uniforms. Um, so we also have, which is wonderful, a um, three-day Christian camp on site, which is actually happening as we speak at the moment. Uh, the chaplain and three social workers organized a three-day Christian camp, bringing back the older children to have Christian teaching. Um, as I say, one's just started. So the children are usually over 10. They're brought from their homes back to the site uh, for four days. Um, sorry, I missed out. One picture was there. Don't we mind. obviously Don't do mind. extra um, studies for them. Yeah, that's his vocational training, which we pay for too. Yes. Um, so, as Kay said, the, the Christian camp starting today. So, some of them have already come, apparently. They get much better food, uh, or better food at Not Deck. So, they're very keen to come to the Christian camp, if nothing else, uh, because it's about to be the start of their long holidays. The academic year is finished and they will go back to school in early February, the new school year. Um, and sometimes there just isn't enough mo of money or availability to feed them during the long holidays. When they're at school, they get a very basic school lunch paid by sponsors, but obviously when they're at home in the long holidays. So yes, that sort of thing is happening as we talk. Um, uh, now, as some of you will have heard about the need for a borehole, um, and the gift day here at St. Paul's, raising money for it. Well, up until um, n very recently, we, there was no water on site. There was a tractor and a big bowser, a, a huge um, container that would go down to the river three kilometers and um, pump water out of the river. We did dig for um, water on site when we first moved onto site 10, 11 years ago, um, but it just hit granite. But when we were there in April, May, this man came all the way from Kampala, um, eight, nine hours, much better equipment now, um, and he went over the whole 20-acre site, and he found one small area, five meters wide, in diameter, on the whole, uh, that he said, you should dig here. I think you will get through the cracks of the granite. Uh, nowhere else, he said, will, you know, I'm, I'm just, he, I don't know what they do, but, you know, vibrate down into the earth. Um, and um, 
uh, we asked him, you know, if this was your land, would you invest in digging down? And he said, yes, I would. So, Gift Day raised money, which was wonderful, in early July. And then the digger came, the driller came um, at the beginning of August. Great excitement. Um, the, the man in black is the chaplain. Then they, that evening, they started drilling. Um, and they had to drill 100 meters deep, 120 meters down. And they, I don't understand the ins and outs of it, but they encountered three aqua flows, went down to the bottom, and water. And great, huge excitement. And um, that now a pump has been installed, and um, solar panels put up to um, drive the pump. And just in this last 10 days, um, Ivan, who is involved with construction, has put um, wire netting round it, and that's Ivan in blue, and um, uh, whatever you call it, barbed wire along the top. And you think, well, why not deck is in the middle of nowhere? Well, it is in the middle of nowhere, um, but elephants come. Elephants are the other side of the road, and um, so it is to protect from elephants. There's also, apparently, they can pick up, the elephants can pick up electricity. Um, some of that is electrified at night. That's when the elephants come. And also the potential for, steal, for stealing as well. So those of you who gave for the gift day, thank you very much because it's meant that it's happened. And they're using the water. It's, they've dug a trench. They're using the water. House mothers are complaining. They don't like the taste of it. Uh, it's got a lot of calcium carbonate in it. It's much, um, much harder water. They say when they boil things, there's a scum on the top. And, uh, and, the, and the rice goes like porridge, but they're getting used to it. They're getting used to it. So, um, as Janet mentioned, we were out there briefly. It's obviously um, earlier in the year. Um, it's obviously a year for legs because I managed to break my leg while I was out there. Um, they, it was our, the rainy season, so they were very kind. Um, I went had um, an x-ray and they told me it's okay, it's sprained and you'll be fine in three days. Uh, thankfully, we had some bandages and we had the poles, walking poles, so I used that for three weeks. Got back to the UK, still really hurting, uh, went to Warwick and, yeah, I've broken my leg. But anyway, I'm all fine now. So, um, yeah, all good fun. And um, we were supposed to be going out in January. All our flights were booked and, unfortunately, I don't know, maybe some of you heard that there were um, some murders um, on the Elizabeth, um, Queen Elizabeth, Queen Elizabeth uh, Safari Park, which runs all the way um, across the road from where we go. Um, it's the first time, really, that uh, white people have been attacked. Um, there obviously was awful time near Kasesi with the school, but that was uh, Ugandans. So, um, and then there were two other murders of two single uh, Ugandan people, uh, one in a field, one in her truck. And so the, um, in, uh, the UK government have basically said that uh, we can't really go. And it's only the area exactly where we go. So we could get to as far as Kasesi town, but that's 45 minutes away, but we would not be insured to go any further south. So, because it takes a while to get our visas and things, unfortunately, uh, the end of November, we had to make the decision not to go. Um, it might be all fine by January. Things, thankfully, 
out there seem to be getting back to normal for the locals and for the Ugandans. But even Johnny, who lives out there, who's an English um, chap, he had armed guards with him all um, every day. Uh, every time he went out, he had two armed guards in his vehicle and he had more armed guards um, at his coffee plantation and his home. And we, thankfully, the government took it seriously because obviously we're a Christian organisation and sadly the attacks were by Muslims uh, from the Congo, even though they're Ugandans. Um, and so we have um, armed guards at Notdeck that they provide from the government and from um, dusk till dawn. Uh, they walk around the perimeter and they check so that the house mothers and everyone feel... Um, a lot safer. Okay, so the government, the British government at the minute are advising against all but essential travel, which means that we wouldn't get any insurance. So until that ban is lifted, um, where Kira Farm is, is absolutely fine. It's north of Kampala. It's miles and miles away. We're at the bottom, very close to the Congo border. Um, now, I just want to highlight one little lad, uh, Dan. Is there a photo of Dan? Yes. This is Cato Dan. He is one of a triplet. Um, that was his legs uh, in May 22, so we're talking 18 months ago, and then December this year. And as you can see, um, no improvement. Uh, and we, there's one very good hospital for children's orthopedic work in uh, in Entebbe, which is where the, the plane lands, the Corsu Hospital. And with um, some encouragement from the UK, shall I say, we said, look, please take Dan to Corsu. Let them at least see what, what they think. Um, it's going to be expensive. I know it's going to be expensive, but, you know, he's very quiet. He's very shy. His legs really trouble him for obvious reasons. Um, so they took him to Corsu Hospital about two weeks ago. They said, yes, he needs an operation. They stayed in Kampala because just traveling backwards and forwards is expensive. Uh, a week ago today, he had his operation. Um, I expected him to be in plaster and things, but no, no, they put screws in his knees. I don't fully understand it. Um, and uh, on Monday, this little video came of him. You can just about see the bandages underneath his large jersey. Yeah, his jumper's a bit big, isn't it? <laughs> He's in the hospital there. He's at the Corsu Hospital. I'm just amazed so quickly that he's up and walking, bless him. And he, yeah, because it's pretty major surgery. He's Good boy, Kato. So he's shuffling, bless him. Uh, just yesterday, they, the pickup in, in our pickup took him all the way back to uh, Cabarese. Um, I said, please try to keep his legs up because it's very bumpy road and there's sleeping policemen as well in all the villages you go through. But anyway, he's arrived and along with everybody coming for the spiritual camp, um, so hopefully we have a nurse who comes on site. And, uh, but the operation is going to come, cost about a thousand pounds. 
So um, if anybody felt that they would like to contribute, we have had some donations already, um, then do feel uh, that that would be wonderful. Um, and there's lots of things out there. Uh, there's some bags which are for Kira Farm at the, the far end. Uh, and the other things are um, to raise money for NotDeck, which we will put towards this operation for, for little Dan. He, has to, he doesn't have to go back until April. Um, and um, he, he's be going to be cared for on site and, until then. Um, so there's some Christmas cards, there's some other cards. That the, the photos have all been done by um, Richard Higginbottom. And there's some little boxes that were made about a year ago, if, just free to a good home. If you can use them to put you know, little gifts in, then just, just take them because uh, they've been hanging around a little. So. Yeah, that's what we have to say, I think. And I do have a card machine if you haven't got oh, any yes. cash. <laughs> yes, Kay has a card machine. So, um, yes, we were going to ask for questions. Yeah, if anyone has any questions, yeah. Mm. Well, some... Um, Ma mainly the social workers just do some really good digging. Um, it, it's incredible what um, they do find out. Um, you do find sometimes villagers will come forward and they will say, so there's a probation officer, isn't there? And there's um, a local councilman. So there are people that they can initially go to. So depending where they find the child, um, there's usually maybe a, s a small amount of history and then they will go and find out, um, it, you know, if someone knew about it and invariably people know something. There's small villages, someone, you know, might have had a child and then they haven't got a child and, um, but they do have to do a lot of digging. Some are really hard. Some like the pit latrine, um, you know, it, it's, it might almost be impossible. Um, so Stephen, who was uh, left on a rubbish dump, we've no idea where he's come from. So he lives at Notdeck, um, goes to school boards, and then comes back to Notdeck. We've got about four, five lads that are the same, um, all of a similar age. Um, and it is quite tragic, but it's incredible how they do find family. And again, I think it's because they live in these villages, people know people, um, they might, yeah, they just give hints, and it's a bit like um, a detective agency, really. <laughs> yeah, they do, but there are obviously some children who just, actually, the children, who, the twins who were dropped down the pit latrine actually was dropped down by their mother, uh, and she's a prostitute, and she just didn't want them, and she had other children. Um, so I don't, they're, they're now just walking. They're doing well. Well, they were in May, considering. Yeah, it's incredible that they You know, live. one of them was eight. Yeah. hours down the pit you between know, the other about toilet, five. Well, she, they can't go back, well, we'll wait and see. But the Ugandan government will understand. Um, you know, they'll say, what, what's Stephen doing here? He's 12, why haven't you got him home? Well, we've tried, but we can't find a home. And they don't sort of adopt like we do, or they don't tend to take strangers' children's in because it's all family-related. And, and because a lot of the families are poor anyway, they're just about coping with the children that they do have. And as I say, we do have issues with, because of the culture, with stepmothers, so it, it can be quite 
difficult. So it's very rare that someone will just take a child. There are some home, you know, some that do, but it's very rare. Mm. Any more questions? Or oh, we're around if you have anything you'd like yeah. to ask. Yeah. Okay. Could you pray for the camp that's happening now, starting today and finishing on Sunday? Absolutely. And um, because those that are going home aren't necessarily going home to Christian homes, obviously. Some of them to Muslim homes, one or two to Muslim homes. Um, but they're going to get spirit Christian teaching. Okay. And could you also pray for little Dan? He's one and, of my... And let's get you and Kay back up, who sat down too early. And we can pray for you and your work with Not Dead because okay. it is really valuable work. And, um, you know, we all need God on our side, especially things like that. Yeah. So let's pray. Well, Father God, we thank you so much for the work of Not Deck. We thank you for Janet and Anthony and Kay and their commitment to uh, this wonderful organization. We pray your blessing on it we pray for your provision lord we thank you so much for the provision of this borehole and the water on site we thank you that you go before us and we pray lord for uh, particularly for down we give you thanks that he uh, has had this uh, operation that it seems to have been successful we pray for a good recovery a solid healing of those legs lord and we pray that they would just get stronger and stronger and Lord, we pray for this Christian camp. Would you inhabit that space? Would you meet each person who comes? Would you draw them closer to you? Would you set their hearts on fire for you? And as they go home, Lord, would you uh, inspire them to keep going? Would they be able to lean on you and um, to l use what they've learned and put it into practice? Keep them strong, Lord, we pray. And we ask your blessing on the whole organization and the wider families that they support lord in jesus name amen okay. thank you thank you it's good to hear the news and have that feedback so as uh, janet said there's stuff that you can buy at the back if you would like to uh, but the money will go to the causes and uh, go and grab a drink and some more cake and then you can meet in your groups. It's 11 o'clock. We've got half an hour or so for uh, catching up and socialising. There are no questions this morning, so it's just social time before Christmas. Enjoy. But thank you so much for listening. And one thing I did realise I didn't mention is that Kira Farm is run by Amigos Worldwide. If anyone's interested, there's a website. You can look it up. There's lots of stories, testimony of the things they do it is so much wider than Kira Farm actually it works in all sorts of different areas including boreholes actually so um, yes do have a look at that but thank you very much ladies and what's left to say other than I hope you'll have a fabulous Christmas if you need a rest have a rest and I hope that you get that and if you you know you're energized by it and enjoy the excitement but anyway God bless you all and we'll see you in the new year